are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Thursday, November 15th edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer for LeBron Wire, also writer for the Associated Press, and a former Blazers beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. It is Thursday. The Blazers played last night in Los Angeles to kick off a six-game road trip, and they lose to the Los Angeles Lakers for the second time in the last two weeks, 126-117. LeBron James with his best game in a Lakers uniform, 44 points on 13 of 19 shooting, one assist shy of a triple-double. He also had three blocks. He got to the line 15 times, which was also a season high, and he hit five three-pointers, also a season high. Uh, And he hit his first five three-pointers on the night, and he was hitting floaters. He was hitting basically everything, as were the rest of his Lakers teammates, frankly, uh, really shooting the lights out from beyond the arc last night, something that is not something that you expect from them. And... Portland, while they did have productive nights from Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, they just could not slow LeBron James down last night, and I think that's really uh, the story of the game. Uh, LeBron also passed Wilt Chamberlain for fifth on the NBA's all-time scoring list last night in the win over the Trailblazers. So uh, he, he had a little extra incentive, I think, to get there and to and to get those buckets before hitting the road, which he will be doing as well as the Blazers. The Blazers hit on, on continue on their road trip, and the Lakers are starting on a three-game East Coast road trip as well. So it was kind of the last opportunity that the – that LeBron had to give something to the home fans. And I think if anyone, if any of y'all have been following that, it's kind of been this kind of give and take with LeBron where uh, Laker fans really haven't bought into him yet because he hasn't had moments like last night very often. And he finally got one against the Trailblazers, unfortunately for them. And it seems like the Lakers right now are the only team that can beat Portland because the last two losses that Portland has suffered has been against the Lakers. So as I mentioned, we're going to look back through uh, some of the guys. Another concern from this game, Seth Curry leaving the game to get an MRI on his knee. We have no word yet on the severity of the knee injury for Seth Curry. Last season, he missed all of last season with a lower leg injury. And I think that may have been a factor in him kind of having a slow start and not making a lot of his jumpers start the season against Boston. He hit three three-pointers, and it sucks for him to get hurt in this game. And it's probably even more concerning that we didn't see it. So obviously hoping for the best for Seth Curry and hoping that he can, that his knee injury, whatever it is, is not serious and is not something that's going to keep him out long term. But that will hurt some of that depth that Portland has 
really leaned on in the first couple of games of this season. And with Curry not out there, it also makes it a little bit easier to, to guard Stauskas. So when, when you don't have all those guys that can shoot out there, it's tough. So now you throw in the Curry injury, which we don't know how long that's going to be, with the Mo Harkless injury, who Harkless was spotted doing some one-on-one drills on Tuesday before the Blakers, the Blazers went down to Los Angeles, but he didn't play. He was still listed as out, and I think that they're really going to be cautious. Jason Quick reported that he looked like he was moving better from other times he saw him. He, he wasn't favoring anything, so I think that that's good, and I don't think that anything Portland losing to the Lakers should force them to rush Mo Harkless back any sooner. Again, I think Lehman continues to get better out there, even though he had a tough matchup last night guarding LeBron for a lot of the game. I think they have a luxury there where they can play him, and they don't have a lot of wing depth right now, but it's a thing where they can put Wade Baldwin perhaps in that st- in that Seth Curry spot, and or, or or Gary Trent or Simons or someone at the guard spot to help give them a little bit more offense at that spot if Curry can't go, but they're really going to need someone to step in right now because Harkless, I don't know when he's going to come back. Jason Quick reported he could come back on this six-game road trip, but I wouldn't necessarily bet on that being uh, a, a thing just given how sensitive this this knee thing has has been for Harkless where he's been out indefinitely for the last you know few weeks. So I would not rush it and the opponents that they have on this road trip frankly for the rest of it you know they're not ones that you should be rushing guys back for even at the tail end of this with Milwaukee and Golden State it's way too early to push Harkless into a situation like this. So it, all indications are that they are being cautious with it, but uh, I just wanted to reiterate, I think it's a good idea that they stay cautious with it. As I mentioned, Nick Stauskas had a tough game. Evan Turner, kind of a, a, a tough game from the field, shooting 33%. He did have six assists, seven rebounds, and six points, so a decent game. Alfa Rukaminu with a really good game last night, four of seven from three, seven, 11 from the field overall. But Damon CJ did not have that great of a night. And when LeBron James scores 44 points on 19 shots and the Lakers as a team shoot 15 of 32 from three, you're going to need something special to beat them. And, And Portland's offensive night just wasn't special enough to beat them. And I think that is really the takeaway that... LeBron had a special night last night and 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 I've watched all of his games this year it it, it during the regular season you know he's not going to have these nights all the time because he can't give that effort I think perhaps another thing that some people on Twitter were saying that may have given him an extra pep in his step is whatever the hell is going on with the Warriors right now and the speculation that Kevin Durant is 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 thinking about coming to the Lakers to join LeBron. So that is perhaps another factor that made him feel a little bit better last night, but I don't think Portland has anything to hang their heads about. That was the best player in the league playing like the best player in the league, and sometimes that's going to happen. Portland is now down in the season series 2-1, but I don't 
I, I don't think that Portland should be hanging their head in this game. The Lakers are also on a roll. It was their fourth straight win. They've really been playing better since they got Tyson Chandler. They've gotten some good wins, and it feels like their momentum is starting to work their way. So it was the Blazers running into a hot team and also running into LeBron James, who is really playing – shooting the ball really well as of late over the last seven games, shooting over 40% from three. And then last night he was five of six. So uh, you throw that all together and it, it becomes really difficult to win. So nothing for Portland to hang their head about in this one. I, I, I don't think it's indicative of any long-term or big flaws in this team. They just lost to uh, a, 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 an excellent performance by LeBron. So, uh, Nothing really too much to worry about. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk some more Blazers, and then we're going to highlight Portland's next opponent, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I watched last night, and they look a little bit revitalized now without Jimmy Butler. So we're going to be right. So we're back here on Locked on Blazers. Before we jump into a preview of Friday night's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I wanted to go a little bit deeper on what's going on with Mo Harkless. Uh, Jason Quick had a pretty extensive report on Harkless's situation on The Athletic the other day. And Harkless talked to Jason Quick about what's going on. And it's a possibility he'll return on this trip, but he's currently taking it day-to-day, as Harkless said. And according to Quick... Harkless felt a quote-unquote sharp pain in his knee in the fifth game in Miami on Portland's first East Coast road trip, and that has been what's kept him out. He was playing limited minutes in the early going of the season. He doesn't have any structural damage, but uh, uh, there might be another MRI down the line according to Quick. So again, this is a very, very fluid situation. It sounds like his knee is very tender and sensitive, and that is not something you want to mess with, especially when you're obviously a professional athlete in general, but when you're someone like Harkless, who his elite athleticism is a huge reason why he's effective and is a valuable member of the Blazers to begin with. Uh, Obviously, his three-point shooting has improved over the past couple of years, but Really, it's his, his lateral quickness, his his jumping ability, his his quickness, his ability to defend guys on the perimeter and and use his six nine frame and athleticism to give guys trouble. I mean, uh, not having him against LeBron James in the last couple of times. Obviously, I'm not here to say that Mo Harkless is the biggest difference maker against LeBron James, but he's going to make it harder on LeBron than Layman will and he will be able to give Aminu a break and having another guy to kind of switch on to him in situations and not have mismatches a lot, that would be a big help in these last couple of Lakers matchups. It would obviously be a big help when Portland plays Milwaukee later on this trip, but just because they're playing Giannis and Chris Middleton does not mean that they should force Mo Harkless back before he's ready to play. And so I... It seemed the the honesty from Mo Harkless with the Jason Quick interview was very uh, refreshing and 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 very very nice to to see and hear that you know it, this is kind of an up in the air thing and 
I think this is something that the Blazers have started to do over the last couple of years where they try to not put definite return dates on guys so that guys can kind of just get to the point of where their body is ready instead of hitting an arbitrary deadline. So I, I think that's the stuff that we're still continuing to see with Harkless. So really good reporting from Jason Quick on that front. And they have some tough games here on this road trip. Also, Harkless, they're going to be playing one game in New York. Harkless, a New York native. So, you know, obviously he part of him wants to be able to play back home as well. So that is, is definitely the situation to monitor as of right now. And we, we talked about Carmelo Anthony yesterday on the podcast with Corbin. So if you want our opinions on that, we gave those already. So we kind of have those scenarios broken down. Uh, not, nothing has happened yet. He still hasn't even been released officially by the Houston Rockets. So we're going to have pumping the brakes on, on, on mellow talk for a while, but it, it's out there. It's, it's, it's hard to deny. Obviously, he wouldn't help them offensively, but he would be a wing, and and Portland doesn't have a lot of those, especially with Hargis out. But um, they would also have to cut someone, and now with the Seth Curry situation, I don't think they're in a position that where they're able to cut Wade Baldwin because we don't know how long Curry's going to be out, and they may end up needing that guard depth down the line. So... We're going to take one more break, and we're going to come back to preview tomorrow night's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, a revitalized Minnesota Timberwolves team after losing Jimmy Butler. And we're back here for our last segment on today's Locked on Blazers for Thursday, November 15th. And it is going to be a preview of Portland's matchup on Friday night against a new-look Minnesota Timberwolves team. They have traded Jimmy Butler... Jimmy Butler is on the Philadelphia 76ers now. They traded him in exchange for Dario Saric and Robert Covington, two pretty solid complementary players that they can have and add to their team. And perhaps more importantly than the guys that they added, I think the departure of Jimmy Butler, as I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, I think on Monday's pod, that I could see the scenario in which losing Jimmy Butler rather than costing them on the basketball court, which obviously Butler is a great player, could really free them mentally from kind of the prison that they were in with Jimmy antagonizing them, holding the trade demand over them, bullying them. I mean, anybody who's ever been in like a really in a drag of a work relationship probably knows that it's not fun to have someone like that around at the workplace. And Jimmy Butler, for as great as he is, was that guy. And so it was not a surprise to me when I saw the Timberwolves have a nice home win last night against the New Orleans Pelicans, 107-100. Carl Anthony Towns playing well, playing good defense on Anthony Davis, looking engaged on both ends. Andrew Wiggins getting rebounds, making plays, playing with energy, which has always been a big struggle for him. And the the, the Wolves just looked revitalized. They looked like they had some new life. And I don't think that has anything to do with the coach. I don't think that has anything to do with – Anything else. I think it has to do with the fact that those guys, it looks like they enjoy going to work again. And that was what I saw last night in the win. 
against New Orleans, and Portland's going to have to be ready for that with Carl Anthony Towns looking better, looking more revitalized. When they were here a couple of weeks ago, it was right after the Blazers beat the Lakers, which is what the scenario Portland's going to be facing them in again. But that Minnesota team, their spirit was completely sapped. Towns was scoring points and, and, and making shots. But he was down. He didn't look interested. Uh, didn't look like he really cared. Same with Wiggins. You know, Wiggins hit a couple of shots, but then it was like meh. And the rest of the team just played with really no energy at all because they knew that their best player wanted out and had been hanging it over their heads for the past two months. And so this Minnesota team, while the lineups are going to be pretty much the same from when they faced each other a couple of weeks ago. I do think this Wolves team is going to be a little bit stronger. Jeff Teague is also healthy, who did not play in the last matchup. And the status of Derrick Rose is still in doubt, but Rose may play. And and Rose has shot the three well this season, so that's something else that the Blazers are going to have to watch out for. The new additions, Covington, a really strong defender on the wing, pretty decent three-point shooter, really solid role player, probably will be asked to guard Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum for a lot of the game. And I think this is going to be a, a tougher matchup than the one that we saw. Obviously, also the fact that Minnesota is at home plays to their advantage, but I, I think it's it's really important not to get lost in the in this that this is not the same Minnesota team that Portland beat down by thirty a couple of weeks ago. So I think they know that they know that it's a different group. They probably saw the scoreboards last night. They definitely saw the scoreboards last night. So I think they know that that team is is playing with a little bit more pep in their step. And if they don't have Seth Curry, the Blazers, then that definitely hurts their shooting. That hurts one of their advantages. Their guard rotation doesn't make it as strong if they don't have Seth Curry there. So how do they play through that? Who gets those minutes? That's going to be an interesting test for the Portland Trail Blazers, who they go to to kind of replace some of Seth Curry's minutes. Do they play Stauskas more? Do they have CJ out there more with the second unit? Instead of uh, having Curry out there as much, I think those are all things right now that the coaching staff is probably working through if they know that Curry isn't going to be there. And even if they don't know, they've got to be working on contingency plans. So I'm really excited for the game on Friday. It's a 5 p.m. tip in Minnesota. It should be a really interesting game considering Minnesota looking like they're happy to be there again. So uh, for that, I think that game is going to be a really tough matchup. A good test for Portland again with lots of offensive talent on this team. And if Andrew Wiggins keeps shooting like this, then you you really have to start worrying about him as well. So should be... uh, a tough matchup on Friday against Minnesota. They look revitalized, and the Trailblazers will be definitely looking to get back on track and perhaps show their class and show that their record is for real at 10 and 4, visiting the 6 and 9 Timberwolves to show them that, hey, we, we actually are better than you. So uh, lots of things at play. Should be a, a really fun matchup. So we're going to have a pod come this weekend. But until then, that's going to do it for us. So we'll talk to you 
later on this week.